Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Stag. Man and his amazing friend. Ladies and gentlemen. Steg Steg Maniacs. Uh, everyone listening right now, it's the biggest, baddest episode of Stegman and his amazing friends you've ever fucking seen. It's got, it's got all the supple and none (laughs) of the responsibility that comes along with hosting a a podcast for people far more famous than you. It's Stegman and his amazing friends with Ryan Stegman. It's your podcast, Ryan. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm doing pretty good because, uh, well, first off, hi, I'm Griffin. I'm one of two supple boys that makes this show along with Ethan. You know that. Um, we're doing pretty good, Ryan, because uh, first off, first time in weeks that we've seen you. It's been it's so nice to hey, see buddy. your face. You got a wonderful tan, a, an Arizona glow happening here, uh, which is great to see. Uh, but also, it's an episode that Ethan and I have been very excited for, have been waiting to do. Uh, yes pretty much since the inception of the show, because with us today, it's a Scarlet Spider reunion of sorts, because we have a Mr. Christopher Yost joining us on the podcast today. Yeah. Chris Yost, how are you doing, sir? Good to have you. Hello. I am doing great. How are you? I, I've been dying to be on this podcast for uh, probably like 12 <laughs> years. Hey, Chris. Chris, what's the name of this podcast? <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, probably the Ryan Stegman show plus Ryan show. Yeah. Listen, it's it's funny you bring this up, Ryan, because we're coming up on now two years since you and I were sitting down trying to figure out the podcast, and a big point of contention was what's it called? And for the longest time, I was just like, oh, Ryan's the Stegman show, Ryan Stegman's podcasts. And you were like, mm, I don't know. And I was like, OK. And then I gave you a list of titles. Among them was Stegman and his amazing friends. Of course, a little play on Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And you were like, how about Venom Boys? And I was like, is Donnie going to be on every episode? And you were like, no, probably not. And I was like, then that's <laughs> probably not a great idea. Mm-hmm. But... but to this close day, enough, people yes, don't use enough. the full title. People just say Stegman Show. Uh, that's it. It's got Which too many works. words in it's it fine. for people, I think. We thought about calling yeah, it yeah. Scarlet Spider Show, but then... <laughs> then I asked, I asked is I Chris Yost going to be on that yeah. week? I would have been on immediately. <laughs> he would have been, you know, he would have been here. I read. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you read it. You read it, Chris. That's cool. Me too. <laughs> Great book. <laughs> I'd say so. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we can, we can kind of hop right into it of course ryan you mentioned this before we got on the show um yost you're a big uh you're a big hollywood man now you are uh, not only have you written many marvel comics of course a, a chief among them scarlet spider with mr ryan stegman um but you also have some credits on some very neat 
projects that I think the listeners have maybe seen. Uh, you have writing mm. credits on both Thor the Dark World and Thor Ragnarok, so two MCU features. And you're also, what is it, one of, like, three people that have had the privilege to write The Mandalorian for Disney Plus there. How's that feel? It uh, it feels pretty good, you know? Like, I, I've uh, been lucky, you know, to be involved with some amazing uh, friends, like the Mandalorians and the, the He-Mans and the, the mm-hmm. Hordes of the World. Uh, you know, but it all pales, you know, in comparison to Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider. Amen. I will say Amen. before before this started, I said to Griffin, uh, "We're going to talk about Scarlet Spider, then we'll go into his Hollywood stuff." And he could not contain himself. <laughs> I had to get right into it, Ryan. I had to get right into it. No, let's talk. All right, let's bounce back to. Scarlet we have a Spider. we have a recurring segment on this show is when anyone comes on <laughs> that he has even a tenuous connection to Star Wars. The two of us freak the fuck out <laughs> we, and like we really to, like we get on it are um, really off putting it with our passion about. It. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I should have probably warned you about this, Chris, but I didn't. <laughs> no we worries. we have we have talked Charles Soule's ear off about Star Wars. There's a fantastic episode of this show where it's mostly me and Ethan talking to Charles and Ryan sitting silently like <laughs> the great <laughs> podcast host that he is. Like, <laughs> because there's, he's no, such there's a- no symbiote in that. Can we just move on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But Scarlet Spider, let me just say. Um, it holds a very uh, dear place in my heart. Um, it's one of those books that like uh, really, really got me like into like reading comics consistently. Of course, I was a, a, a fan of all the characters in the world and everything. But Scarlet Spider, I saw the the teaser poster was out with Ryan's art for issue number one on there. It had that tagline that I was making a reference to earlier: "All the power, none the responsibility." I was a big Clone Saga fan as well, so I was like, "All right." We're doing Kane. It's going to be dope. Um, this Ryan Stegman guy, I think I've seen him, his stuff before. He's pretty good. Um, let's see, let's see what it's all about. And I had that poster on my wall yeah, for uh, just months and months and months. And, uh, of course the book finally came out and I mean, you guys killed it. Of course, Ryan, you're only on the actual interiors for what is it the first five six issues uh yeah that was Um, a weird thing that actually happened was that was kind of a bummer was um they we did those first five and we were having mm -hmm. a great time and then they started trying to pull me away and i didn't know how to say no yet and i (laughs) i regretted it for a long time after that because that book that was the Mm. first book that i did um that people seemed to really notice and you know care about and mm-hmm. they seem to care pretty deeply about it. I I still remember that vividly because I was furious because like you were absolutely hitting your stride uh, mm-hmm. on the book in in life, you know, which I, I attribute mm-hmm. to my scripts. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think I, I think they Tom told you to do like Fantastic Four for a couple of issues. Yeah, and like I think we had one fill in on like one of the issues in the first six, and then you came back and just fucking killed it like on the last issue like you're doing your own inks mm. and everything looks so pretty and then you mm. left and then you got like famous and did your big crossovers and just mm. the mm-hmm. um the thing was i think that they offered me fantastic four and i was like oh well, you know like i knew that they were going to be relaunching it soon so i thought it was the relaunch and then they were like no it's the last issues of the one before the relaunch and i was like well that seems lateral 
mm-hmm. but then they do this they always do this thing where they sell you really hard on it like this is a big deal you know blah 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 and they tell you all this stuff and then you take it and then you're like why don't i just do what i wanted to do you know <laughs> mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not that i mean honestly i i got to draw hickman the last issues of hickman's fantastic four mm-hmm. but you know my heart's always with this with the spider characters mm-hmm. of course you've been on you've been on spider characters for how many years now oh my god uh i don't know it, it, there, there definitely became a point after, so i did super i did scarlet spider which one of the things that i said when i left scarlet Sp- spider was i talked to steve who was like he wasn't hard selling me on staying he was kind of like Fantastic Four is a big deal. You know, if you want to go do it, I understand. But I, he said, tell me what you want to do after Fantastic Four. And I was like, Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. duh. And mm-hmm. uh, he was like, he kind of like didn't say anything. And then like a few weeks into starting Fantastic Four, he said, I made it happen. And then that's when I, after Fantastic Four, I got to go do uh, Superior Spider-Man. And then, you know, like I kind of did other projects. I did Wolverine. I can't even remember now, but I did other projects, but I was always like, I want to do more Spider-Man. And, uh, so then, you know, they, they, it got to a point where I think I had annoyed them enough where they only put me on spider characters. (laughs) But one thing I will say is we've always, we've always talked about bringing back, uh, Scarlet Spider. I would like, people always ask me about Scarlet Spider and, and want me to bring him back. And we need to do that, Chris. Let's make a movie about him. How about that? Hey, that's a good idea. Yeah, I remember Steve Wacker called me up. He's like, hey, do you want to do Spider-Man? I'm like, of course I do. Spider-Man's my favorite character ever. He's like, great. He calls me back a week later. All right, you're going to do a clone of Spider-Man. I'm like, mm. all right, fine. You know what? I'll take I, love, it. I love it all. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. And then yeah. like, he called me up like months after that, and he's like, hey, do you want to do Spider-Man? I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, all right, we're going to get you on a Spider-Man book, like one of the main books. I'm like, great. He's like, but it's not really Spider-Man. It's like Dr. Octopus is like, brain inside spider-man <laughs> so I, I wrote spider-man for like four years but it was never spider mm-hmm. but you know what uh, i i love it more because you can do whatever you want really you and ryan share in that in that you've both worked on spider-man adjacent stuff you you've worked on spider-man that is spider-man with an asterisk not full-on <laughs> peter parker you've you've got kane you've got Otto octavius and peter parker's body of course um but like you're saying, it that allows for some some real creative freedoms, I imagine, um, that you wouldn't be able to do with plain Jane Peter Parker. Yeah, for sure. Like you can you can get away with more. Like there's less attention, mm-hmm. you less sales, and you get canceled. But largely, well, you did, <laughs> but I did. Uh, you know, but it's you can have more fun with it. Like you can get away with mm. more. Like I had werewolves. Mm-hmm. Eat you know, like that's pretty fun. It's pretty good. It's pretty dope. Let's go back <laughs> to. Um, the beginning when this all started so so like mm. you said steve calls you and says do you want to do spider-man and he gives you scarlet spider and were you were you hesitant and also were you like when he said we're gonna have ryan stegman draw it did you initially say who the f is that no i wasn't hesitant and i i like i'm blanking for the life of me what you're on before scarlet spider um Maybe that was X twenty or Hulk. Uh, I think I just had done one issue of Amazing Spider Man. 
Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, don't you know who I am? Like, can't you pair me with a real artist? Like that kind of thing. But, you know, I no, I, I saw your art and I was like, great. Like, it, it's so dynamic and like it's so good for Spider-Man. Um, and then we got to go to Houston together. That was I fun. know. That's what I was going to get to was, was our trip to Houston, which was so Steve's idea for the, Steve is the editor, Steve Wacker. Mm-hmm. Um he he wanted to put it in Houston and you know it was a simple logic thing where he said it's one of the most diverse and fastest growing populations in the US so we we set it in Houston and then we got a call from the Alamo Draft House um All to right. come down to that. yeah to do a uh like a Q&A uh thing and we and a signing down there and nice this was so I've I've said this on the show before but once Scarlet Spider was announced was the first time I came back. I went to a, a panel. Uh, we announced it. Walked back to my table at the convention. It was the first time that there was a line waiting for me at my table. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? What is going on here? So people all of a sudden were excited. They get us down to um, Houston, which, you know, nothing like that had ever happened to me in my career. And we had a line like... It was all day, right? Like, it was crazy. It was all day. Like, it was the draft house thing. It was the comic book store and stuff. But it was like a, a thing. Yeah. It was huge. And then then we went and did a Q&A, and we filled up this, like, movie theater. Uh, and I was terrified. I don't know, know if you remember that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't show it, but I, I knew. I knew. Because I, I, I had done, like, a few Comic-Con things, like, and it, it's intense. Like, it's it's freaked out. Like, it's just like, oh, that's a lot of people. Because at first, you know, it's like, oh, nobody's going to show up. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's full. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. it, was, it really was. And I remember the first question that I got asked, he asked me something, and I didn't hear the question. So I just said, I was just like, leaning into my microphone, and I said, no. <laughs> 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 well, I think I loosened up, and we had an awesome time. And, you know, I thought that Chris... In my estimation, you were going to be a huge uh, comic book star, and then you went off and did movies. So mm-hmm. I was still a huge comic book star. That's yeah, true. Just so yeah. you know, I, for like a hot minute, I had a, I had a couple. What did I do? I did the X Men stuff before that, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, with Scotty. Yeah, we did New X Men with Scotty. That's right. Um, but um, you know, like you're always doing a crossover, which I don't mind. I love crossovers, but I mean, like it. Yeah, they kept canceling the books out from under me, like cause they're going to pivot to something else, or they're going to do this or do that. Which I get it; it's it's business. That's fine. But you know, like I, I approach every book, including Scarlet Spider, like it was going to go for 127 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it I went way had, longer than they expected. By the way, like, way longer. Yeah. Like yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think if they thought they got a year out of it, they'd be happy. And they went two years. Two. Um, but like I always like backload all my stuff, like all I'm like my, my big big stories. I'm like all right, we'll get to that in year four. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> we have a four year build up. And I remember Dan Slot of all people said to me, he's like, "You're dumb. Like you should just do that immediately. Like if you got a big story, just lead with that." I'm like oh, I guess I see the wisdom of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you do you mm-hmm. have plans to do more comic book stuff? Um, you know, I. I do. I'm talking to an editor at Marvel right now about doing just like a little limited series, but um, nice. I haven't done anything since Secret Wars. Like I love comics. I miss it. Wow. It's um, 
That was your that was your entry point, right? Like that's is that what you wanted to do, or did you want to do movies and TV and stuff? I started in animation, so I didn't uh, I didn't ever think that I would get to do comic books because somehow comic books were just like a you know on a pedestal for me, and uh, the animation led to the comic books, which did not lead to the movies, but the animation sort of did. Like it was a weird path, like it was parallel paths. Like I think everyone in, like in Hollywood thinks it's neat that I did comic books, right? But um, you know they really just like want it for the IP. Like they don't really care that right. they comic books. So they just view it as like a different thing, and it's just such not a different thing. I don't understand that at all. So your your young young Chris Yost is sitting in his dorm at University of Michigan. Oh, right, you've been boy. Uh, for the listeners, we're we're fr- both from Michigan. I went to Michigan State. He went to Michigan. We don't we don't fight too much about it because I don't think that Chris cares much about the sports. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but so like you're in your dorm and you were like, were you still reading comic books in college and you were like, this is what I want to do and you? No, uh, not at all. Like I I still read comic books. Like I was I went to like Dave's comic books I think in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was on the second floor of this place on uh, State Street. I think uh, that was just, you know, like three years ago. Right. And uh, or 25 years ago or something like no, that. No, you're 25 years old now, right? <laughs> so, um, but no, like it never even occurred to me to even be a writer. Like I went to University of Michigan for computer science. Oh, really? Like, uh, yeah. Nice. Like I never even a million years occurred to me that I could do something like that. I didn't even know that people wrote comic books. Well, how did you end up in animation then? Uh, so I was super smart in high school and then just like tanked my first semester of college like i, I <laughs> like I, I did all night classes because i'm like mm-hmm. oh sweet i can schedule it however i want and then i just mm-hmm. never went to them mm-hmm. and so i i just tanked my first semester i'm like oh fuck i just had like a early midlife crisis like and and i'm like oh you know what film looks pretty good so i i switched to film and it was pretty good Right. Yeah. But even then, like once I graduated with like a film studies, like a theoretical film studies degree from the University of Michigan, I'm like, all right, now what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't, it never occurred to me that I could move to like L.A. So mm-hmm. I got I got into advertising. I uh, I made TV commercials and radio commercials. Wait, for which or, company? Oh, a few different ones. Uh, Campbell Ewald, I worked on the Chevy account. So I did Chevy retail commercials. Nice. Get your, get your Chevy Blazer at your local blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then uh, I switched to Ogilvy and Mather and did the same exact thing for Ford. Okay. Oh, okay. And at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? As much as I love selling batteries, uh, there's probably more to life than that. Mm-hmm. At which point, I looked at a graduate program uh, in LA at the University of Southern California, got in, and then moved out here. So I, I could, I'm like, I all right. Up I, some I, student I, lo- debt. It, yes. <laughs> which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, you know, if I can, you know, do budgets and schedules for like commercials, I could probably do it for something more exciting. And then instantly hated film business. I'm like, that's not it. That's not what I want to do. But occasionally we'd have like guest speakers come in and be like, you know, there were writers. And I'm like, these guys look super happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I recognize now they're probably just drunk. But uh, <laughs> I just started writing. Like, it was in the middle of this uh, film business program, I just started writing. So I wrote uh, a couple of screenplays. And, and in the middle of that program, we had to do an internship. And I, again, I, I was the old kid in class. Like, I was, like, at that point, like, 27 or something. And, uh, 
I knew Marvel had offices out there, so I literally just like, okay, this is not for the children. But I opened up a phone book and found the <laughs> and found the uh, the number for Marvel in L.A. and called it. I'm like, hey, do you guys need any help? And they're like, well, uh, yeah, actually, we do. We're looking for like what? level thing. I was great. And then wait, I, wait, what, was, what was the initial I, job? Uh, it was like, so I, I sat in Stan Lee's office, which was literally just like a storeroom, right? In this weird little tiny office, and I just like made photocopies of like the handbook for the Marvel Universe and right. pertinent issues of like Werewolf by Night, and like I would put together these research packets. Like that was my job, but I, you know, got hired by Kevin Feige like in two thousand one. <laughs> no shit. That's yeah, insane. it's like my story is like everyone always asks me like, "Hey, how do you break into the how do you break into the business? Like, how do you do it?" And I'm yeah. just like, my yeah. story is the most horrible story you could ever hear because like it's impossible. It's just like, I you know, it's you sure maybe he's got some talent, but he's the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. Like the timing. <laughs> of it, you couldn't so you, do made, it you did make your luck. You have to admit that you you went out to I, USC. You 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 mm-hmm, called the mm-hmm, place. And, mm-hmm. But let me For ask sure. you this. At this time, when Kevin Feige hires you, he's not like a thing, right? Like he's not Kevin yeah. Feige in bright lights. It's like a guy who has a, a vision for something that hasn't happened yet. He had just worked on uh, the first X Men movie uh, for Lauren Shuler Donner, and then had met you know the Marvel uh, Avi Arad at, at Marvel, and the Avi more or less like poached him and said, "Hey, come work for for Marvel proper," mm-hmm. uh, which he did, and uh, you know he's done okay for himself. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I heard that he. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's I feel like he's he's on his way out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like you know, like uh, bomb after bomb after bomb. You know, like how long mm. does he keep this guy around? He's right, really hedging right, his right. bets on this streaming fad. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's not going to work out. I'll give you a heads up. Right now. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch the Scarlet Witch show, guys. Come on. <laughs> so I guess we can we can progress then. So now you're 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 doing all this stuff with Marvel Studios. Is your day to day you go into an office at Marvel? No, I haven't actually worked for Marvel in in a few years. Oh, um, okay. So Thor Ragnarok was the last thing I worked on for them. And then mm-hmm. I've just been working on uh, just as good, you know, equally good stuff. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like I've been working on my own stuff. I've been working on this Cowboy Bebop show. I've been yeah. working on Oh, that's awesome. Very dope. Um, a couple other things. I sold uh, I sold a picture to Paramount that's getting made. Uh, I've worked on wow. a handful of things. Is that right. why you're living? So we can see your house here. You are literally in a marble palace right now. <laughs> uh, and somebody's been feeding you grapes throughout the entire podcast. Yeah, pretty great. I am. Uh, I am a big fan of grapes. You know, <laughs> marble is what was available. Okay, right. so no judgment. I, I I'm in a I'm garage right now. That's in a rental house because uh, my kitchen's like uh, getting torn apart. So. Right. That's a pretty good rental house. Um, I I wanted to backtrack just a little bit, actually, to your animation, because you are one of the lead writers on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was... Uh, the, the weird credit is, like, story editor, but I was, like, the mm. head writer and uh, co- co-creator. Yeah, very nice. That show is fucking awesome. So, uh, thank you. Good job, <laughs> Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Okay, it's a uh, it's like one of the only uh, Marvel cartoons that we've gotten that's got like um, 
you know, character. That's what I like about Chris's work is that um, your characters were so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, I, I say this all the time, but um, you are you and I definitely like Donnie and I have this a similar mind meld thing. But you were the first writer that I worked with that I had that with where I just kind of like got what you were going for and you know we were doing all there was a lot of like good character moments in the scarlet spider stuff and uh i also think and i say this to to writers that are trying to break in um you have to think visually and a lot of writers even ones that are in that are professional already don't seem to do that sometimes where they don't you know the visual isn't the thing that's in their mind and you uh, are a great visual writer so this is just like a tip, I guess, for um, aspiring writers is to go through uh, mm-hmm. Chris's comic book work and see how the the big moments are always very visual. Um, and it's also a compliment to you. So, yes. you know, I love you already, yeah. though. Thank you. No, I mean, I think, OK, I'm going to I'm going to address how awesome I am first and then I'll get back to you. And yeah. <laughs> you are. But um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, if you can have awesome moments that an artist can just take the ball and just like whatever sports analogy you choose like just kill it right like that's the whole mm-hmm. point like i want you to draw something that i can then try to buy off you later and hang on my wall i mean again like mm-hmm. i all any there's no marvel character that i don't love like I, I i love these things with all my heart and um you, you love know, power I'm, pack right i love power pack most of all Ooh. i love that book but um i remember but, that uh, for some reason <laughs> yeah, I every year like I have phone calls where I try to push power back and <laughs> whispering <laughs> Kevin's ear. Uh, yeah, literally. Power back. Power back. <laughs> it's He's like, get the fuck out of here. Like um, <laughs> it uh but no, like I mean again, like I, I think the entire point for me is like it's a visual medium. Like it's I'm not writing a novel here. Like, you know, like as much as people love the inner monologues and the thoughts of all these characters and my amazing prose it's it's you buy a comic book largely for the visuals like you just Mm -hmm. do and you want good character and good story and good mystery and intrigue and all that stuff to support it but like largely like i want to see fucking you know finch or mcniven or stegman or whoever just like Mm. kill it that's what i want Mm -hmm. Um, and then like as far as oh yeah did you see his moon knight thing moon knight looks dope that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool everybody that moon knight cover that he did one image and it's like gotten all my art friends have been passing it around and everybody's yes. losing their minds yeah but the thing i liked about mr ryan stegman was mm. um i remember when i knew that like you're gonna kill it forever um there was just a scene of kane and aristella sitting down like eating and like eating hamburgers and it was just all about like their expressions and faces mm-hmm. and his frustration and her just like joy and like I, I think one of my favorite artists of all time is Kevin McGuire because his faces are just like mm-hmm. so amazing. So not only can you draw like Scarlet Spider fighting like some kind of giant fire guy like flying through like the air, you, you can do that and do that amazing. But like it, you know, like you can also kill it on the character stuff, which I, yeah. I loved. I loved that. That's something I always in my mind. Like if I wake up in the morning, and I grab my script because I just do like I, I start a new page every day. I'm always like, I hope this is one where somebody punches somebody in the face. But then I find <laughs> that I have more fun most of the time when I have like the diner scene. Because mm-hmm. I remember that well. She was eating the ribs and she was, you know, yeah. she was she was being all ravenous. And 
Uh, we had a similar scene like that in uh, in uh, Absolute Carnage, where um, Spider-Man and Eddie are in a in a coffee shop talking, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be like my favorite scene in the whole book. So I think that that's kind of, to me, that's the thing that the the better writers will do is they have if their character because. I mean, I've definitely drawn stuff like that, and I'm not going to name names or shame anybody, but, you know, I've drawn scenes like that where it's really hard to find, like, the heart of it and, and what, other than, like, them being just stoic. You know, you, you kind of end up just, like, with them just, like, looking angrily at each other. Fucking but the, the good, the, the writers that I like to, <laughs> yeah, fucking <Johnny. laughs> uh, There was so much of that in King and Black. Just yeah, yeah. Not, not near, not anything. nearly not, enough not a lot sick of battle eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing um, really happens. But yeah, the writers that I gel with, I feel like there's always that element to it. All right. Anyway, so what I'm gonna do now mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. everybody's please favorite be a game. segment. Please be a game. Please be a game. There, I wish I had a game. We uh, should come up with some games. Yeah, we should. This is called Ethan and Griffin Nerd Out. Yeah, everybody's favorite. This, these, all right, Chris, I want you to know something. These guys are huge nerds, (laughs) and they love what you do. And I want you to be nice to them and pretend that they're like that they're not creeping you out when they do this. Yeah, Um, I'm ready. But they're gonna start (laughs) rapid firing the nerdiest questions at you, and I'm sorry. I should have warned you beforehand. This is not my first rodeo. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've gotten a lot of this. Do you ever get? Have you ever? Have you ever been recognized for writing like on the Mandalorian on the street? No. That yeah, that no, would be no. terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I would love it once. If it happened again, I'd be freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Like my ego would be like, perfect. This is how it should be. And yeah. then like if that's <laughs> happening, I'd like I'd cry. <laughs> All right, boy. all right. Let me let me kick off the segment here. Yeah. Um, Chris, you can see, of course, I uh, I dug out my Scarlet Spider merch for this. Um, I uh, yeah, I uh, I was back at my parents' house over the weekend for the holiday, and um, there I I got out the T-shirt which I had bought uh, not too long after the book started, I think. Um, and then I also pulled out uh, my original issues. There's your signature uh, on a Scarlet what? Spider number one, on along with a Mr. On the Bagley, Bagley variant, Bagley. which I started realizing. That I don't know if I actually have the Ryan Stegman <laughs> cover for it. Uh, actually, now that I'm really I gotta realizing. say, I'll say this: I remember getting that variant in and just being like, "God damn it! Like, why do you?" We gotta go see if Bagley wants to start a podcast. So. Uh, Chris, we met actually at Detroit Fanfare 2013. That's when you signed that. I've just dropped a photo in the chat. <laughs> of, oh, uh, that is a very, very young me. And so we met on the same fateful day that I also met Ryan Stegman because, of course, your table was right next to his, uh, seeing as Scarlet Spider, I think, had just had wrapped up not too long ago um, or was just about to wrap. Um but that's us, and Ryan, I can't leave you out of it. Here's the photo I have with Ryan Stegman from that same day, just just moments later. <laughs> that is exactly how I always good. remember you, Ryan. 
<laughs> that's it's it's the default Ryan face for sure. Um, and that's a very faithful day because I met Ryan and then we were best friends forever. And yeah, we, yeah, we, did we didn't go a year without speaking. That, not at all. We spoke every day since 2013. So uh, absolutely, when they say Scarlet Spider, super important uh, to me and my uh, my love for comics. Uh, well, that absolutely makes me super happy. And of course, and. Um, I would love to know, like, you know, because it's a very uh, interesting place to drop a Spider-Man, or should say a clone of Spider-Man. First off, are you a Clone Saga fan? Uh, when they said Kane, were you like, okay, well, fuck yeah, or were you like, okay. <laughs> okay, well, wasn't he a mass murderer, though? <laughs> I was a Clone Saga fan. I, I never mm-hmm. got the hate for it. Like, I, I'm like, all right, how can I get Spider-Side into this book? Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm that level mm-hmm. of guy. Like, there's no bad story. There's just a story that right. hasn't reached its full potential yet. Yeah. So, I, you know, when they said Scarlet Spider, when they said Kane, I I think Dan slotted, like, all right, he's, he's going to be cured, and he's going to be, like, you know, like a normal dude now. Mm-hmm. And Wacker sold me on Houston, and he's just like, yeah, it's like a redemption story. I'm like, great. Right. right. I can write that all day long. And he's got spider powers, and he's, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it, I was thrilled. You know, like, I, I was very yeah. happy. But again, like, you know, there's nothing they can give me. It's like, you want to write a MODOK book? Sure. You want to write, uh, what a, pick your pick your poison. Like, I'm, I'm all in. Right. So, like, you know, like, it was really just like, you know, all right, how, all right, this guy, like, he, he's in Houston, go. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how can you get him involved? Mm-hmm. Like, this guy used to be a killer. Like, you know, bring in the assassin's guild. Like, this guy, you know, and just, like, creating, like, a good supporting, you know, cast down in Houston. Like, what stories can come out of that? You know, you, right. like I always knew I wanted to do Craven. I always knew I wanted mm-hmm. to do whatever stories I did. You know, like like the Texas group down there, like you know, like Texas Twister and you know, right. all, all those guys. Like I, you know, like I think like stuff like the 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 microverse thing that we did with Carnage. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that came out mm-hmm. of editorial, but you know, I got to work with Colin Bunn, and it was fun. Uh, you know, yeah. so I mean, I I think that I I would attack Scarlet Spider the same way if I were on Avengers or Fantastic Four or Spider Man. Like I I would give it one hundred and seventy two percent love. One hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. Can I ask real quick who who designed the suit? Was it you, Ryan? Did you yeah. do the suit? Or who? Yeah. Fuck yeah! I All right. Well, you it's, me like it's a, a dope like suit. A dozen <laughs> plus, uh, Oh yeah, there were so many. We did. We actually did end up doing an article about that where, um, where I showed all of them. But yeah, I did so many, and we just. I mean, I think that everybody kind of settled on the one pretty quick, but I couldn't stop doing them because I was uh, losing my mind. Which is what, what I do on the, every project. What was the challenge, Ryan? What did you want to bring to it, or or Yosef, you had some input on it as well? What was the the approach to Kane's look? I don't did you I don't even know if, if if we had communicated yet like Steve asked me to do the book and then he just I started working through Steve and then later we we started talking and I'm sure you did have input but I think that what happened was I I did the first one and it was right it was the one and then Steve just kind of was like oh you know you know the big time suit you, you know maybe we could do something with that so that we're like he's using Peter's old suit and so mm-hmm. then I started going off on tangents and trying all kinds of different things. And then Steve was like, maybe you could have a hoodie. And I was like, absolutely not. I don't want him to have a hoodie. <laughs> no hoodies. Uh, and then he, he even said, I remember he, he got mad at me because 
he sent me a picture of Animal Man, and he's like, what about if he's wearing, like, a leather jacket? And I was like, uh, you're kidding, <laughs> right? And he was like, I always thought this was a cool look. <laughs> I I also love Animal Man. I remember vividly, like, that was my first, like, Grant Morrison talk. But, like, even then, the jacket was yeah. very dated. I remember, no, I, I just saw, I just saw like, you know, like the dozen sketches you did, all like color variants, and I picked the one I liked, and that was the one it ended up being. I assumed I had that kind of power, but as it turns out, he'd already <laughs> picked it. Well, yeah, Steve called me screaming and said, Chris wants this one, and he gets what he wants. <laughs> Do you Amen. know who he is? Amen. <laughs> being guys with infinite free time, have either of you used that suit in Spider-Man, the PS4 game? Of course, <laughs> it's pretty. It's, oh, it's that so that must be kind of surreal. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. that whole that game had several things in it that I was just well, because that was an add-on after I bought the game, and I was like, "Are you right?" Kidding? The DLC, yeah. There are uh, two of the guys that I worked with on Avengers. They ended up heading up a Spider-Man show, and they put your Scarlet Spider costume in the animated series. I don't think yeah, I watched cool. it when that happened, um, but I did. Uh, I saw like some of the animations. This is. This this is something that happens on the show occasionally, but um, I talk about how my kids don't care what I do, and I don't know if your kids care. <laughs> yeah, my uh, kids don't care what I do. Like, yeah, I, I think they they don't mind riding some coattails here and there with their friends, but uh, yeah, they sure. like, like they yeah. still haven't watched half the Marvel movies. I'm not sure they saw Thor two. No way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're into things like sports, you know, and yeah. like cars. Ooh, and right. <laughs> You're like no son of mine. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they watched. They haven't seen this uh, uh, this one with Scarlet Spider, but I'm hesitant to even like try and show them because I showed them the Superior Spider-Man arc of uh, the Spider-Man cartoon, and they were just and I was like, yeah, I worked on that series, and they kept. I, I've told this on the, the podcast before, but they kept just being like, okay, like put it on, <laughs> <laughs> and then. I, I told this story too, but at the end, my son came in and told me everything that happened. And the whole time I was like, I know I knew it. And he was just like, yeah, but, but, and then this happened and, you know, and then blah, you know, Octavius, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't like <laughs> know what's happening right now. Well, Chris, kids, they're the best. <laughs> We, we, you know, I, I was obviously like a big fan of your comic stuff before, but like in getting ready for this, I was looking at the animation stuff that you've worked on and there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware that you were involved with. And like, it was, it was a delightful thing, like going through the list because as Griffin mentioned, like you worked on Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, which like is a, you know, a very beloved show as is Wolverine and the X-Men and then like the Batman, mm. like those are like well-known, really great animated shows. But some of these things I feel like are really like underrated shit that I have a very nostalgic attachment to like i i love uh next avengers that's that's a thing i was a big fan of uh next avengers ultimate uh avengers and i fucking really like fantastic four world's greatest heroes and iron man armored adventures like those all like are very specific points in my in my childhood that it like it is really cool to see that you had had your finger in those pies as well and i wanted to ask you if you have specific attachment to any of those projects if any of those things were particularly rewarding for you you know, like, for sure. Like, you know, like, X-Men Evolution was the first job I ever got, like, you know, in, yeah. the, in the biz. So, like, I'll always love that. You know, X-23 has done great by me. Like, you know, like, that's been yeah. a delight. But, I mean, like, I, you know, like, I've got a little love for everything I do. Like, I, you know, 
again, there's, there's, I'm sure random stuff that I've forgotten that I've done, or, you know, like every, every once in a while, you just take a check, but, um, you know, largely like you, you do your best, you know, I, world's greatest heroes, uh, the FF show was super fun. Like we did a lot of fun stuff in that show. Iron Man Armored Adventures, like we got, you know, set up with like a premise that wasn't of our choosing. They're like, hey, make Tony Stark a kid. I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's well. such a strange premise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be weird when he's an alcoholic, but okay, we'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like we, we made the best of it and made a fun show. Yeah. Like it was great. Like Avengers was, um, you know, the first thing where we really kind of like, it was this weird moment in time where Marvel Animation didn't particularly have like a creative boss. Mm-hmm. So we weren't taking notes for anybody, and we just, like, did it. Like, mm-hmm. Josh Fine and I, we just like, well, let's just make the show we want to make. And nobody really particularly, yeah. in, until late in the game, gave us a lot of input. Right. Um, you know, and Craig Kyle, like, had set all that up. Like, he was uh, he's a writer and worked on Thor Ragnarok with me. He was an executive at Marvel for a long time, and he was the, mm-hmm. the kind of creative head of Marvel Animation in the early days. And we had a shit ton of fun. That's that's awesome, man. That, that's such dope. a cool, that's such a cool, unique body of work. But be honest, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was that the check you just took from the TMNT show? <laughs> no, it was not. I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I watched the '80s show, like, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, and that Bucky. show actually saved me. Like I, I remember I did like X Men Evolution, and it was my first job, and I got like four of those. I'm like, this is easy. Like I don't know why people say like <laughs> breaking is mm. hard. And then like I got like for nine months I just got nothing. And I'm just, oh, oh god yeah. yeah and then as i'm like literally packing up to go back to michigan they're like somebody called me for ninja turtles and i did ninja turtles for like a you know like a solid year and it was it right. saved me and i uh, you awesome. know what i got to i got to write uh Isagi Fuck yeah. so that's a win <laughs> um, you just mentioned one of yeah, my favorite yeah. marvel studios films thor ragnarok yeah. um taika is possibly uh, one of my favorite directors of all That's time right. um he's a how was it uh <laughs> yeah no he's fantastic how was yeah. it uh working with him and and uh, moreover getting to see him bring to life uh stuff you've written that had to just be insane it's nuts like it, it really is just like at a certain point a okay couple things i was off of the project before he came on right so mm-hmm. i didn't oh, have okay. a director when i was developing Craig and I wrote mm-hmm. a draft of it and, like, you know, went through story stuff, you know, beyond that. But, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, Tyke is a genius. Like, he is a writer as well. Mm-hmm. And he and another mm-hmm. super talented guy named Eric Pearson kind of took it home. So what I always say mm-hmm. is if you if you kind of like what happened in Thor Ragnarok, I'll take some credit for that. Like, if you like <laughs> nice. it was super fucking funny, you know, like, then that's Tyke and Eric Pearson. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. You know, like, so all of these things, like, you know, take a village and... And Thor 2 was, was the same way. Like, I came at the end, you know, when other people had, you know, gotten it up off the ground. Um, right. You know, like, all of the Marvel movies, you know, generally work that way. But but Taika, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, he's his fingerprints are all over that thing. Like, he's just yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How How is it? Because, like, he obviously brings his own brand, his, his signature tone to that movie um and i i can only imagine that may not have been what you were anticipating it to be when you when you wrote them especially considering the first two thor films um and so were you when you finally see thor ragnarok was it like no shit 
This is this is how it all ended up playing. Well, I, I was a little surprised at how far they went, you yeah. know, but like it was great. And we yeah. knew we wanted it to be funnier, but like, you know, we assumed like we were shooting yeah. for Guardians, you know, mm. like I think yeah. for Thor 2, yeah. everyone was like, all right, this is it. We're going to do like Gladiator and Lord of the Rings and yeah. it's going to be very serious mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of hand wringing and it's going to be, you know, awesome, but, you know, it's going to be a very serious like film. And then right. about halfway yeah. through, Guardians came out and we're like, yeah. You know that's pretty fun. Like you know, yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. good. We, we <laughs> yeah. should probably stop taking ourselves quite so seriously. And so yeah. you know, like really try to you know put some more fun into it and really give Thor kind of like you know a heart. You know, like it's you know, it, yeah. right. Again, like I don't know that there's a Marvel character that's had like a, a, a bigger shift you know over the course of his movies than him. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Captain America movies are like amazing, but like you know Thor's like been on a real yeah. journey. Um, yeah. They're shooting yeah. Love and Thunder right now. Um, in Australia, and uh, I couldn't be more exciting. What can you tell us about that, Chris? Yeah, we've got a special cameo by Love and Buddy Thunder. Uh, no, I I don't know anything about it. Can you you help us get Feige on this show? Yeah, can you get Kevin in here? (laughs) Sure, step one, get him to take my call. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, it's uh. (laughs) Kevin's Kevin's kind of an amazing interviewer because like it always seems like he's saying a lot, but he never says anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good so, crash. But but quiet, I'm such a good quiet, interviewer that's that right, I pull it out. out of, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd do it. You would do it, right? it. I know you, you would. The whole thing. Was that as massive of a of a shift as it seems like it would be to go from you know the comics work, the animation work to to getting into that live action stuff? Like, was that like a whole different world, or what? You know, was it kind of just a you know an adaptation, but then it was kind of a similar environment? I, you know, again, like I I knew Kevin, I knew the film guys, like Craig Kyle had went over from animation to yeah. um, you know film, so like it was a comfortable environment. Like I knew all the people, you know, and again, mm-hmm. like you know, an animation script you just direct it a little less on the page, like for live action, because the director doesn't quite need you to be like, all right, close on Thor. I think he's got right. that covered. Um, yeah. You know, so I mean, like I, I was comfortable with like the craft of it, you know, but it's just like, everything's just so big, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. you got a real, you know, like comic books, like I can tell Ryan to draw an army of 10 billion symbiotes, just as well as Don Cates can. Um, <laughs> and, and you'll do it, right? And it costs the same. Uh, but the movies are, you know, like there's a certain point where you can write whatever you want, but you can only produce so much. There's a mental mm-hmm. cost, though, that you're not taking into account. <laughs> I mean, that would become evident. Purple tunnel. Yeah. I think so... you guys do take it into account. You love it. All right, go ahead, Griffin. <laughs> Continue. You'd mentioned the the frustration with writing comics insofar as you know sometimes the books will get pulled out from under you when you're barely into the story that you want to tell but as far as the actual like writing process of it goes do you have a preference animation film comics in terms of like getting to sit down and actually sit and stare at your typewriter your phone or whatever you're writing on and uh which one appeals to you the most in that sense in all honesty, like I and I've always said this, I, I enjoy the process of writing a comic book the most because like you're so you're so focused on moments, you know, like, uh, you know, like we always say, it's like, all right, if I'm going to, you know, Thor walks into Jane's apartment and like opens the door and hangs his hammer on like the thing and looks at it mm-hmm. and then walks in, 
like it's mm-hmm. like seven pages you know like it's mm-hmm. like comic books you really have to like pick and choose your moments to deliver the idea of motion and the idea of action mm-hmm. and the idea of all these things and then mm-hmm. artist then brings it to life but i mean like you know like the details like in just thinking about like you know the snapshots that make up like a page of a comic book like i enjoy that process like i enjoy thinking about right. what's the best moment that i can give this artist to because right. every script I write, I'm like, all right, I'm going to write the, the absolute minimum to make a good comic book, and then the artist mm-hmm. is going to make it better in every way. That's right. a, that's a, actually that's a great uh, tip because I think that a lot of writers, you know, they're trying to make their they're trying to put their stamp on everything. I think that mm-hmm. I, not not necessarily the professionals, but people that are trying to break in. So that's a cool idea to like minimize you what to you're tell doing. Us <laughs> No, you guys, you guys get it. I think. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Appreciate uh, it. These are two aspiring writers, Chris. Um, <laughs> but the uh, that that is true. That like I feel like some stuff's so overwritten, and you don't have to write that much, especially if you have a good artist. Yeah, and I I've got other shit to do, so I'm not going to spend days writing this page. Like yeah. I, I I always kind of admire the people who do like the Marvel method, because like that just seems mm-hmm. like so much more work. Like, I, I don't want to tell you what this guy's thinking. Like, I'll just do the dialogue. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. like, in the moments, like, the account, like, he looks frustrated. It's literally all I need to write. <laughs> and you're going to mm-hmm. give me the best version of Kane looking frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie's always having a bit of a laugh about how he can, like, tap out a page in a few minutes and it'll take Ryan all fucking day to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember pretty... when you write a crowd scene from now on, I think when writers write crowd scenes, they should have to name everybody in the crowd and give them a motivation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember at one point I was writing, though, like four books a month. And I was just like, damn. A, and then doing, like, an animated show, like, at night. You know, like, it was. And I mean, like, you, you just have to respect that, you know, artists bring so much more mm. work. Like, they just do. Like, there's no comparison. Like, you know, like, and sure, like, right. if you're Alan Moore or whoever that writes, like, you know, a novel for every issue, yeah, um, that's a different story. But I mean, like, for me, I, I'm going to give you what you need to do to do something awesome and, and not a goddamn mm-hmm. word more. Right. <laughs> and that's sort of the beauty of comic books. I think sort of like the cool part about it is how it's just the speed that they're produced at, you know, I feel like if you take longer, it's not, I mean, there's different, there's different types of comics, obviously, where people take all different ty- amounts of time, like uh, Japanese comics are definitely produced at a different speed. And, you know, French comic books, they take a lot longer. But part of the beauty of the American comic book, I feel like is just the, the way that we, you know, you just have to get it done. And you mm-hmm. produce it at a fast rate, and it comes out when it comes out, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I am. Um, I'm curious, Chris, because uh, of course, with like screenwriting, you'll you'll tap out the draft, and uh, and then it'll be taken out of your hands, kind of like what we're talking about here with Ragnarok, is that you wrote it and it went, and then Taika Waititi directed it, and then you saw the movie. Whereas with a comic book, of course, you're working so much more closely with the person that's doing the visualization part of it, right? Bringing it to life. And so you get to sit down and you get stuff back from Ryan. You can give him feedback kind of constantly and kind of get more of your sense in there in terms of the visual storytelling of it all. Um, do you, do you again, talking about preferences between the two mediums, I guess, do you like kind of like getting it done and sending it off and then suddenly the movie's in front of you? Or do you kind of like... Uh, being able to go back and forth, uh, more, much more. I mean, film and comics are 
both very collaborative processes. But yeah, of I course, comics that, is a bit more in the trenches. I, I think certainly everything you're saying is right. I mean, but my first experience, like in film, was on the first Thor movie, and mm-hmm. I was like on set, like I was sitting down with the director, like I was talking to actors, and like it was awesome. And then I quickly realized that wasn't how most movies go. Like, you know, like it's kind of a luxury. But Marvel always has a writer on set. They just do. Like, and it can be in a million different ways. Um, And and some movies do, but a lot of movies don't. So, like, this movie Mm -hmm. that I sold to Paramount, like, you know, like I'm not going to be involved, you know, like on the creative side. And, like, the directors are are fantastic. And it's going to be fine, you know, but, like, it's just different. You know, like it's whereas like comic books, like you're seeing pages as they come in, like you're calling up, mm-hmm. you know, your artists, like you're talking ideas, like left and right. Like it's a much, it, it, it depends on the scenario, but like, you know, like inherently comic books are, are more collaborative. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like if you've got a great director and you've got like a great team, like anything can be, but it's just like, you know, yeah. my experience yeah. of it is that movies sometimes are that way comic books almost all the time are yeah, but i mean yeah. like yeah, like i've also had experiences in comic books where like i'll i'll send script pages to del Otto and he'll just deliver something and we'll never exchange a word you know like it was mm-hmm. right it was and which is fine too because you know it's him you know like but mm. you know like again like all of the stuff like the name of the game in every moment of every page and every scene is to make it better and better and mm-hmm. better you know, so like, mm-hmm. you know, like the more that you can share ideas and thoughts, the better. You just want that thoughtful product. Um, guys, I Absolutely. really thought that you guys would go hit in on Star Wars more than you have. I was yeah. about to say, I, I was going to sitting here sweating. We're approaching an hour and we haven't gushed about Star Wars. We I haven't mean. talked about Star Wars. Chris, are you a big no. Star Wars fan? I feel like you are. <laughs> I am. I am a huge Star Wars fan. I, I always was, mm. like, not. Quite the level of Marvel, but pretty damn close. Like I, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I love it. Like I was a Star Wars kid. Like I saw Star Wars in the theater. I saw. You I, were I the Star all... Wars kid from that video. <laughs> right. I, I, I had that stick, and I was in an AV room one day, and it was amazing. You're even more famous than we thought. Yeah, <laughs> we should have been talking about this the whole time. All the time. And yeah, like I literally, like I was doing animation, and I, I was sitting on, fucking Facebook or something, and. Uh, the head writer of a Star Wars cartoon called Star Wars Rebels literally just messaged me. He's like, hey, mm. do, you, uh, do, you, do you think you'd ever be interested in writing Star Wars? And I'm just like, hmm? yep. yeah, I would be. And then uh, Mr. Henry Gilroy, who's uh, an amazing writer, yeah. reached out to me and, and brought me in. And so I worked nice. on Star Wars uh, Rebels for a couple of seasons and then uh, developed you know a, a couple of ideas with dave filoni and uh an executive there named carrie beck who's amazing and mm-hmm. uh ended up kind of segueing into uh the mandalorian which, yeah so uh, when they say all right chris you've you've worked on you've done some great work for us on star wars rebels which yes dope show um, but we're you know we're gearing up we got disney plus coming down the pipeline we're gonna do the first live action star wars series and uh, we're going to bring you on board. And John Favreau is going to uh, be the showrunner on there. And Dave Filoni is going to be closely involved as well. Uh, you said something that piques your interest. So they say you're on the first live action Star Wars show. Is that just like insane? <laughs> I imagine it's a little insane. This is where I go back to like luck, you know, like a little bit. Because it's just like the mm. timing was just such that it made sense in that moment. Because I mean, like John Favreau. Mm-hmm 
is an incredible uh, director, an incredible writer, and doesn't particularly need, you know, me, you know, but like it was in this moment where we were just talking Mandalorians and we both, you know, like had Mandalorian ideas. And, uh, you know, again, like The Mandalorian, the show that you watch is fully formed out of his head. Like uh, Mm -hmm. whatever Greek goddess that was, the shout out of Zeus's spell. (laughs) um you know and i i I was there you know like helping break stories and you know figure out the season and uh and was you know very happy to write my my jailbreak episode um and you know like i i got to go to set and see the technology and like it's 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 pretty stunning what they did yeah the volume uh it's insane when they uh I think like the first time I caught a glimpse of that was when they put out it's like the the making of Doc for season one, and mm-hmm. they're giving you the whole behind the curtain peek at uh, the tech that ILM had developed for that. I think I you know I say ILM obviously a whole bunch of folks are involved in bringing that to life, um, but that technology is just insane. And so knowing that you get to work with a tool like that does that like just blow the doors open a bit for you or do you just because you know it's it's star wars and it's got the budget do you just already know you have creative freedom to kind of try and do whatever you want or did knowing that you have that resource change how you uh went about the story at all i didn't i didn't write it differently like i didn't but i didn't i didn't hold anything back either like we just told the story Mm. that we were going to tell you know and i mean again like the volume is amazing and awesome, but you know, they also built sets. They also did like, you know, green screen. They all, they did a lot of stuff, but the volume itself, mm-hmm. like you can, uh, I think the time I saw it was like the volume was like that hangar where, uh, mm-hmm. like the bad guys mm-hmm. were waiting for Mando to return with the other bad guys. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I remember going on, on the set and just looking at them just like, this is not going to work. This is the, just <laughs> terrible. And they're like, you should look no, at the Ryan, camera. Ryan, do you know what the volume is? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like you stand on this stage that's like a cave of TV screens. Like there's TV screens on every wall. There's TV screens on the ceiling. Like there's just TV screens everywhere. And on the TV screens, are like uh, they they have images of what you're supposed to be seeing, like Tatooine or whatever it is. Right. And, uh, like, it looks all kind of fuzzy, and it kind of shifts, and it's kind of weird. But then when you look at the camera, like, you're like, oh, shit. Like, that's amazing. Right. Um, hmm. And it's, uh, you know, like, for actors, it's better than green screen because you can react to stuff. You can see whatever, like, explosion you're trying to dodge or lightsaber shooting in your face or whatever it is. Um, and it's just, like, it's incredible technology. And, and Favreau had been working on, like, all these Disney uh you know, photo real animated movies like Jungle Book and Lion King and all that. And like, mm-hmm. it just like mm-hmm. he was such a pro at this at this point. And honestly, Filoni too, like, you know, like he, he directs like in camera for animation. Like they literally just like stage mm-hmm. stuff exactly like you would like real people, but it's just, you mm-hmm. know, in a computer. Um, so it, you know, but for me, who's only ever seen like the, the old way, you know, like I was mm-hmm. pretty impressed. These Star Wars people seem to know <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then you, because you're, that's, I think it's chapter six, is it? Um, and so you, yeah, so you worked with them, um, Rick, I don't want to mispronounce his last name. I'm sure you know how to say it better than I do. Um, is it Famuya? Famuya? I, I just did my best never to say it. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It works. Works out. Um, Rick he's awesome. I, Rick, yeah. Yeah. Like, I love his energy. Dope, but he's he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal director, and he's just like a cool guy. Like you just want to. Mm. Like directors are always like frustrating because like they're just pretty cool. You know, like they, mm. you know, like God damn it, like you're handsome and talented. Like this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But <laughs> you know, like again, like Star Wars is a funny thing to direct too because like everyone has an expectation of what the style of star Wars is, the looks, the feel of it. And you almost trying to like, you're trying to hit that mark and yet still somehow bring your voice to it and bring something new to it. And it's, it's a tricky order because you can't mess it up because the entire internet will just jump down your throat. Right. And I remember that episode specifically, um, thinking several things. One, when your name pops up in the credits, I was like, no shit. I've met that guy. Yeah. Uh, but two, also, like, during that episode, um, particularly uh, Ludwig um, Goranson, um, his score, is, uh, that's the first episode where I really noticed, like, the trap <laughs> that he was incorporating into the score, and then you mix that with Rick's direction, and of course, you're writing on the episode, like, that episode was the first one that, like, I was like, whoa, this felt different, but also still Star Wars, uh, yeah. and it was a very, very tricky thing to come by i feel like and uh, you guys pulled it off so so well thank you i i, I certainly appreciate that like it it uh i was uh pretty pleased with it i was uh i'm not i'm not gonna lie that was all right see that was, that <laughs> That's was pretty good. lovely <laughs> yeah absolutely you seem um, kind of you seem kind of unshakable you seem like you seem like no matter what mm. crazy shit or like incredibly famous property you're working on you're just like yeah you know you just you do what you can and you you know it's like yeah. do you have any like you do. how do we be as adaptable as you <laughs> mm. you know what I, I always say like i always just assume this gravy train is going to end one day and like just enjoy it while yeah. you're there like i i literally am just like i'm happy to be here like if Absolutely. If somebody literally just like plops Star Wars in my lap, I'll take it. Like if if yeah. I can write some Marvel stuff, great. Like these are the things I love, you know. Like and I think that uh, you know Cowboy Bebop's the same way. So like my literally my agent like emailed me one day and he's like, hey, you uh you ever heard of something called Cowboy Bebop? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, yes yeah. I have. Yeah, in passing. <laughs> so like again, like I I've been fortunate, like you know, like um you know, but I like to think that I luck will only get you so far and then you got to deliver and hopefully i've yeah. delivered on a, right. on a, a couple of these things not not to the mm-hmm. level of say like you know king of black but like <laughs> i mean okay. that's untoppable right i was like mm-hmm. i honestly kind of thought marvel would fold after that because like what are you going to do yeah yeah right exactly it's one of those things where we, we redefined a genre <laughs> you broke you know ground. it's and it's yeah, artful there's so there, there's so much meaning behind it, like when people get their heads chopped off and mm-hmm. dragons are dive bombing people, like that. That's all metaphor. For <laughs> it, it works on like probably seven different levels. Yeah, we'll we'll have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to get back to you on what it's a metaphor for. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely know it is one for sure. Yeah. And that we should we deserve eyes for it. I figured if I read <laughs> more Plato or Joseph Campbell, yeah, like, no, yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, There's unfortunately, if you guys aren't smart enough to catch the metaphor, that's not my problem. <laughs> At some yeah. point, I can't hold your hand through the whole thing. <laughs> that's actually a pretty decent segue into uh, Ryan Segman. You had King in Black number five come out this week. And just okay. real quick, real yeah, quick. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. A big, big, big congrats. I, the one thing I'll say as I was reading it was, like, this must have been a fucking bear. 
to draw. Like, there's a mm. lot. A lot the last shit. issue was really hard. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. If you don't normally do a, a story like that, where it's just like you're, you're plopped in, it starts and it just goes, and it's just you know constant motion the entire time. One hundred dragons in every panel. Yeah, <laughs> every single one. Um, but yeah, like, let's write every single page like it's the third act of like the biggest movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much, and. Uh, I really, honestly, though, I think that my enthusiasm for it never waned, and that's why I was able to to pull it off, I think. Like, if I can just hold out, I can get a silver <laughs> for a sword. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that was that was pretty fun. That I mean, some of this stuff, that's the thing that Donnie's good at. Because you're almost like, well, that's stupid. And then... <laughs> at first and then glance. You, he, he's really enthusiastic about it. And then you start to draw it and you're like, oh, wait, no, this is awesome. It just <laughs> sounds like the idea sounds crazy. So yeah. when you get to draw those first pages, uh, spoilers, of course, for King of Black 5, um, you get to draw those first pages and Donnie writes, okay, Silver Surfer has a sword. Did Donnie write Silver Surfer has a sword and it's fucking huge? <laughs> or well, it was did the one, it goes, it was, it goes, it was in Silver Surfer Black. <laughs> So I just looked at that and I was like, wow, that's a big sword. Like, that's going to be awesome. And then I was like, how do you draw smashing them together? Well, okay. (laughs) Whatever. Let's just wing it. All I know is you got got to draw a classic Donny Cates sword. uh, The big old sword. Um, Can't have a Donny Cates story without a sword. That's right. Amen. Were there any uh, Marvel characters you were like bummed at that like, you know, like Modoc didn't show up or something? I mean, uh, honestly, Modoc. I've drawn him once in a book, and it was super fun. He is a very fun <laughs> character to draw. Um, there was, you know, we weren't allowed to use the Hulk, really? and um, yeah, he he something's going on with him in the book. I haven't read. I'm not caught up to date, but something's going on where he couldn't be in it, and so that's why the very first cover we had him in it, and then they were like, "Wait, story change. He can't be in it," and. I love drawing the Hulk. So Couldn't you just color him red and be like, oh, it's Red Hulk? It's red. That, <laughs> wish I would have thought of that. Um, it's kind of, of a that. bummer because he plays such a pivotal role in Abscarn. So it would have been nice to have him kind of come all around, which I'm sure was the point. Which, yeah, um, I mean, cool. and then you, you kind of think of like the, the main Marvel characters and you, you want him on that front line. Like that page with all the characters running at, at us, he, that could have used the Hulk uh, running in mm-hmm. there too, but... Um, not so much disappointing because I got to draw so many character, so many other characters, um, mm-hmm. and that was cool. But um, you know, that's the one that got away. I would say. I must say, uh, sir, that cover for five is that's one of my favorite covers you've ever done, man. It's so it's fucking, fucking cool. The whole thing is <laughs> fucking crazy. Good. Wait, which one's <laughs> which one's it's the fifth him cover? with the? Uh, I got it. I it looks think like right he's here. dead. Like he's got the sword on his chest. Oh, like, right, yeah. right, 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 right. The cover you drew, Ryan. Do you remember yeah. it? Well, I, 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 I was stuck on the one I did a spoiler variant, which I haven't seen out in the wild yet. Um, mm. But that, uh, that one I did towards the end, so that's the one I was thinking of. Well, we've we've, hey. we've we've heard what we've heard what Chris is doing next. Ryan, what are you and Donnie doing next? Are you guys gonna make uh, any more comics? Are you gonna keep working on comic books? I'm retired. Well, we're doing. Hey, guys, we're doing Venom 200. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Out, that's pretty hype. Out. That's what well, I'm doing. And next. Ryan, how do you feel? You've already finished drawing it. 
Uh, <laughs> sure, sure I have. I definitely have finished drawing it. You've I already started have had, drawing it. I've had script. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you how long I've had script now. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I definitely didn't get it last week because I had it months ago. And then I drew it, mm. and it was finished. So there you go. All right. We're super excited to see well, that's it. really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, what am I saying? See it. Ethan and I have already seen it because it's done. Yeah, yeah, it's finished. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. It's going to be bigger than King and Black. So oh, yeah. Mean. Yeah, it's, it is. Like, how do you hey, top well, that? I mean, Wait. <laughs> Mr. Eddie Brock is the king of the symbiotes. He's the king in black. The titular king in black. Here's that's one thing. Dope. All right. I know that every executive at Marvel listens to this podcast. So here's something I want to say to you guys. It's been, it's been long enough. It's time to bring back Scarlet Spider, and not only is it time to bring back Scarlet Spider, it's time to bring back Chris Yost, writing Scarlet Spider. Now here's the problem: I can't draw it. <laughs> okay, Damn, I'm telling you, like how how can you guys if if you're both on I'll board? Do covers though. I how do you how do you how do you walk into those Marvel doors and you say we got Ryan Segman hit Marvel artist now. He's got all the blockbuster events. He's got everything you could ask for. Chris Yost, he's back from his big Hollywood time. He's back to do some more comic books for you guys. How does Marvel say no to that shit? That's my fucking question, because that feels like a recipe for success. I feel like if we did that, they'd say yes. Mm. You guys got to walk in all cool. Back. You do this book, but I won't draw it. That, no, if, if we said, I'll draw it, and Chris will write it, I think they'd do it. But I think they would. Uh, Unfortunately, it can't happen. Yeah, that, that's never going to happen. I can get you probably like maybe three pages a week. <laughs> Perfect. That's probably, my, my, <laughs> that's probably my schedule right now. Um, I No, like I said, like I'm talking to someone right now. Hopefully that'll work out. Um, but yeah, Marvel, it's been a little busy on the, the TV and film side. But I, mm-hmm. comics, I'll always love. And we'll always, I always compare it to Jello. There's always room for Jello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I think that's a fantastic place to uh, wrap it up. Chris, we'll have to have you back, man, when Cowboy Bebop drops. Uh, and yeah. uh, if, if if everything goes well, hopefully it does with this Marvel project, of course. We'd love to read it and have you back. Or to when talk he has about his that. fucking movie come out. <laughs> or the yeah. big uh, Paramount film. Um, very, very exciting uh, stuff, I think, no matter what, coming from you, sir. And it's been an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you this evening. So thanks so really much for has. coming thanks, on, man. Thanks so much for being again. here, man. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks. No, my pleasure. This is super fun. Uh, I will come back certainly anytime, you know, plus or minus a couple of years. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'd also like to have you and Kevin on and maybe Tyga. Yeah. So yeah. whenever. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll send them an email now and, you know, we can probably set this up in the next couple of hours. Okay. That sounds yeah. good. Okay. Maybe great. like Chris Hemsworth and Anthony Hopkins too. Throw Dave Filoni yeah. in the group chat and, yeah. John Favreau. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure if you get John, he could probably reach out to George. Um, right. You know, these are all things that are, I think, really in the George realm of possibility. Spielberg. Um, I, I heard that they were dying to do it and uh, didn't understand my dad. <laughs> I I saw just last week George Lucas he was he stepped off the construction site of the museum in LA and he said you know what I really want to I want to get I want to get on that Stegman show that's what well I here's the thing you got to tell Kevin to not be so thirsty <sighs> it was a little less it's thirsty. annoying yeah I'd be all about I keep Kevin seeing the emails pop up I keep like I send little screenshots to Ethan I'm like can you believe this another email from Feige rolling in 
<laughs> I'm not reading, not reading them, Kevin. When will he learn? He's got a lot of time on his hands out. Chris, yes, thank you, sir. Ryan Stegman, anything to leave the folks off with before we call it for the episode? Nope. I'm back. We're doing podcasts again. Life is good. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and I know we got a couple of episodes planned uh, down the pipeline, which is great. Uh, they'll be coming your way soon. And uh, I, uh, Kenny Porter has been in the feed before this episode, I believe, and he'll be back soon because he's got a, uh, a graphic novel coming out, Fearless. You probably heard us talk all about it, and so we'll have him on mm-hmm. the show once again uh, very soon to talk about that book as well. Uh, but otherwise, this is one of three shows on the Amazing Friends podcast network. The other two, of course, <laughs> Ryan's got to listen to the spiel. Shut up and listen to the spiel, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> the other two, of course, being Devil's Advocates Book Club with Mr. Donnie Gates and Megan Hutchison Gates, and they talk about some dope stuff, including Why the Last Man is the most recent thing we're talking about. We're doing a new thing where we're burning through an, an entire series I suppose That's right. uh, I was not present on the last episode. I'll probably be there for the next one. It's all very exciting stuff. Uh, and of course, Supple Boys, the flagship show of the network uh, featuring That's right. uh, me and Ethan, where we get to talk about all the things Ryan won't let us talk about on this show. And also we make Ryan voice a, a big talking dinosaur and it's the best thing ever. And he still hasn't listened to it because he's a piece of shit. And no, Kevin Feige, you can't be on our show either. <laughs> No, Kevin Feige. Stop asking to be on Supple Boys. We won't allow it. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. You know all the usual places. At Stegman Show for Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. We love getting the reviews. We'll probably read some reviews pretty soon here. They're the best mm-hmm. things ever. And, of course, SheridanAndSmith.com for all of your Amazing Friends Network needs, as well as our Patreon and our merch, because Ethan and I are dying inside every day that we work. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. But until then, Ryan, you want to hit us with the catchphrase? Quit your jobs, chase your dreams, call Marvel, and they'll just give you a job, and you'll be yeah. coming to your <laughs> yeah, Next thing you know, you're working on Star Wars. Uh... <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much. Have a great night. Stay amazing, friends. That's the other catchphrase. It's not a catchphrase, I'm sure. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network? Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Yeah.